Hey, this is Chuck, and you are listening to Fans with Bands, the podcast where we talk to the fans and the bands they dig about life, music, and whatever the hell else we want to talk about. Today on Fans with Bands, we are talking to Mark Levengood. Check it out. Hey, this is Chuck with Fans with Bands, and I am talking to Mark Levengood and fans Jacob and Steve. How are you guys doing? All good. Doing well. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. 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 It is so good to see you guys. Like, I know it's virtual, but it's still really cool because uh, I've never actually met Jacob. I've met, I've met Steve before over at Manchester Underground. And I and Mark, the very first time I met you, got this huge hug uh, with uh, Jason Denny. And I didn't even <laughs> <Yes>. know you. <laughs> at the Chelsea Ale House, most likely. Yeah. Yes, it was. Awesome. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great. So it's really good to see you guys, even if it's virtual, it's still fun. Yeah, guys, indeed. Yeah. So I'd like to kind of start things off with the fans to find out, like, how did they become fans of Mark Lavagood? So, Steve, let's, let's yeah. start with you. Well, I'm fortunate enough to, uh, I've seen Mark play several times, and actually, uh, I'm on the, the tech crew at the Ark, so I've worked for you mark several times and uh i've just been amazed every time that i see a play i really really love your style and it's and your energy yeah <laughs> just thanks steve were, steve were you working at the show when they had the dobros no i didn't do that it's funny i was sitting here trying to figure out exactly what show it is and i think uh, probably about four years ago the first time i s- saw you it was maybe aaron zindel's holiday yeah. show that she she puts oh, on cool. that and then uh with the flat belly nice. awesome oh, cool. yeah yeah very, cool. very cool. cool uh jacob how about you man oh also uh you know definitely familiar with them through the flat bellies um yeah i saw first time i saw, I saw you live was with uh the flat bellies it was at uh, Rob Ryder's house in his basement, yeah, the, the mime. Yeah, uh, he had a, one of those basement shows. That was like right. That was like a, a little bit before he left the band. But and then also like uh, early on, I uh, I ordered a vinyl record off of the Lindsay Lou website, thinking it was a Lindsay Lou album, and it showed up, and it was a. Um, no part of nothing. Oh, that's yeah. awesome! So then I, I was like, "Oh, what's what's this?" And I, I listened to that, and I was, you know, very. It wasn't what I what I thought I was ordering, but I was, you know, very. <laughs> I was still very pleased with it. As it's got Billy Strings singing, uh, uh, what bluegrass is and uh, everything on there. That's a great album, you know. Been into that ever since. So cool. That's cool. Oh yeah. Right on. Hey. And we've got uh, another fan joined, Rick. Rick, how you doing, man? I'm good, Chuck. How are you? I am fantastic. So we're, uh, I, I started things off by checking in with the fans to find out how they became a fan of Mark Lavengood. So you came at the opportune time. How did you become a fan? Well, um, it's actually through you, of course. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. awesome. <laughs> Hey, Mark, it's good to meet you. Yeah, Rick, back um, at you, buddy. This is, um, it was at the old ale house before they moved, um, a Wednesday night show that Mark. Oh, that, yeah, with 
like a Jason Denny, or it might have been that Bluegrass Bonanza or something like that. I think that. it was. One of the Wednesdays we were filling in for Thunderwood or something. Yeah. Yep. It was a while ago. Um, and, and I'm, you know, I wasn't familiar with, with your music at all. And I first um, sat in and, and, and was watching at the Ale House. I was just blown away. I, I just thought, wow, man, it was your command of your instruments is just just amazing and and it just you can't help but be a fan after after hearing you live it was it was great thank you rick i appreciate that man that's lovely sure so mark i know that it's been tough for lots of musicians right now because you know you can't do shows you can't uh, tour so how have you been weathering the pandemic storm of 2020 yeah it's it's been a wild year for everyone of course and you know every artist has uh you know their own sort of uh projects that they're involved with and you know personal lives so it's just really different for everyone um we i me and my partner and our two kids we recently moved to coral michigan near sand lake and cedar springs howard city area just north of grand rapids and uh you know previously had been renting so we were like moving every year you know moved like seven times in the last five years and so it was nice to not have to do that anymore and, and we've got plenty of projects around the house and the homestead uh um i i've been doing some live streams as well there's been a select amount of yep. uh, outdoor you know socially distant physically distant rather um shows that have come through but largely you know just surviving on uh minimal amount of uh gig pandemic unemployment but that's run out so now we're kind of just uh you know weathering it all i've simultaneously been building out my uh home recording studio which is gonna be um it's almost finished almost finished and it's i mean it's operable i'm actually taking a break from recording some tracks with a really great glam rock uh band out of grand rapids called desmond jones you guys should totally check them out um playing on five there tracks for their upcoming album uh, i'm not sure when it's coming out but uh but yeah so i'm i'm, I'm working in it now you know it's, it's been awesome. months uh in thousands of dollars investment you know um into yeah, the space yeah. but it'll be really great for for my activity um as a player just practicing and writing and collaborating remotely uh, i mean there's actually a list of different things that I could be doing as an artist that can simultaneously be bringing me in, you know, revenue working remotely, yep. but, uh, you, you gotta have the means, you know, to, to record in a isolated sound space that can get professional quality recording, you know? So it's, it's, you know, I've, I've kind of been getting by for the last few years doing a home studio sort of thing. Uh, but now I've like, you know, converted the shed. Uh, it was this old garage. The dude who lived here before worked on cars and stuff. And so I insulated uh-huh. it and soundproofed it. Got 
you know, a control room, isolation booth in a live room. And it's just in my backyard now. So at any hour of the day, I can go and record. I can practice. Awesome. I can write, you know, and, and the house is plenty big, but it's just hard to, yeah. you know, get the space when you got two young kids. We got a two-year-old and a four-year-old. And, um, it's actually getting easier now, but uh, the last few years have, have been pretty challenging on that front. But uh, we're, right. we're about to have a little more comfort in our work and life setup so it's cool it's uh it's, it's it's going pretty good you know all things considered uh we've been mostly just hunkering down at home and um carrie actually my partner just got a new job working at spectrum so that's kind of been another transformation oh. within the family unit um but it's been great man you know because previously i'd just been a workaholic and you know, and Carrie right. was largely the caretaker for the kids while I was working, you know, and she would have her gig. She teaches yoga as well. Um, so she does that kind of part-time, sometimes more uh, than others, you know, depending on the season. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to have, like, solid, dedicated days where I'm on daddy duty. Uh, <laughs> although I still get you know, work done while, while watching the kids, but, um, right. yeah, I've seen, I've seen some cool videos where, you, where your kids have been doing some film. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They, <laughs> That's they, right. they love technology, man. They totally. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're, man, Louie's been grabbing the, the guitars on the wall too, which is a good and a oh, bad cool. thing. Cause he's, you know, he could yeah. damage them, but he, he knows that they're, they're right. tools and they're very valuable. And, um, and Betty just sings and sings and sings. Yeah. It's That's cool, awesome. man. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, the one thing I saw, she had a, a, one of your phones and you were playing that Showbud Steel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She walks to the stairs. There's Yeah. 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 Oh, okay, <laughs> Yeah, she, they both love to take around on the steel, too. And I'm excited to bring the steel from upstairs into the new studio and start practicing it, you know, because right now it's yeah, largely, yeah. Just, largely just been sitting and, you know, I've been tinkering. You know, I know very little on the pedal steel right now, but it's just like there, you know, knocking at the door saying, hey, I'm ready for you, buddy. <laughs> I know. But, I, I should uh, I should hook up with you for lessons or something because I actually have my mom's um, steel guitar that's just been sitting. I mean, because I don't even know what the hell Dude, to do with it. Chuck, so. for sure, man. Plug it in. Crank it to 11. We'll get some, we'll get some rocking <laughs> going, man, for sure. Absolutely. Right. What kind of steel is it, man? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to think. I think it is a show, A uh, pedal steel? Um, yeah, it's pedal steel. Oh my steel. gosh, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she got it in like, uh, I want to say 75, 1975. So I've got her Gibson, uh, like a Les Paul signature, and then I've got that uh, steel. And the steel is just sitting there, um, sadly. So anyway. <laughs> Man, that's sweet, dude. Those, they're pretty valuable yeah. instruments. Yeah. Well, I... I saw that, you know, uh, also kind of following your uh, adventures on Facebook um, with your, with the studio. So is that going to be part of Bear Mark Productions or 
just right now for you to do some recording or because you mentioned Desmond Jones and yeah man you know it's a multi-layered response but uh it's it's absolutely an extension of my work with Bearmark Productions which has largely been a booking agency and you know sort of music business consulting agency uh you know ran by myself with um, some friends who have helped over the years on the booking front. Um, and then I've had some internship elements with it, which has been really neat to work with college students and give them a outlet in, you know, the real world music industry. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the business friends, it's largely been me um, and, you know, juggling the business and the entrepreneurial element and the musician and the artistry and the performer and now now i'm recording too you know so um but i mean it's it's a good you know a good thing uh but now right now because we're not really gigging uh the booking element isn't a thing so much although you certainly see a lot of people doing live streams and there are a limited amount of uh paid gigs that are still um physically distant outdoor or you know viable in an indoor setting that is safe um but but yeah i've I've kind of been yearning to shift toward you know working in the studio anyway and and being home you know so i can be accessible to the family and so the kids can be accessible to me you know and i can kind of have a better uh balance with my work and and life uh set up um but you know i i love touring too i've also been you know really wanting to refine my life performance uh set up uh in terms of just working the band up getting new material in mm-hmm. um you know it's it's largely been a grip and rip it sort of situation you know <laughs> where you're like, all right boys i got a gig right here's how much it pays and, you know here's the details and everybody's like yeah i'm in unless they got a previous conflict and then i gotta call the next guy in line you know and, right um i'm extremely grateful to know enough you know really talented musicians that have put the time into learning my material, uh, you know, but it, yeah, I'm just like, you know, really want to have like a show that is just like, you know, incendiary. Um, right. And a lot of that, I love the improvisational element and approach we bring to music and live performance, but there's a lot of the compositional element too, even in the performance setting. You know? Yeah. All right, boys, we walk out we're on and here's our show <laughs> right and here's kind of how we're presenting ourselves and here's what's going on in between songs and yeah you know here's when we get to tune so make sure you're you know right <laughs> ready for that mark. Go, you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean it's just yes yeah, it's, it's just a level of professionalism I, i've been striving for and so now it's just exciting because now i can work at it you know right toward it yeah, yeah in uh, like an atmosphere that I feel comfortable in and not just perpetually interrupted or cut short or uh, whatever it might be. So, but yeah, immediately I'm going to be recording myself uh, for, you know, backlog of music, man. You know, I've got a goal of releasing a song every week. Nice. It's kind of like a, I haven't proclaimed it yet, but 
I mean, there's, I've got more than enough material and I've got backlog of stuff too. It really wouldn't be too tough, you know, and it'd yeah. be good on the business front for building the algorithms and, yep. you know, putting out music and, you know, building the followers and just, you know, really, uh, I mean, in terms of making a living as, as an independent artist, they say, you know, you only need, I think it's like a thousand followers that, you know, really dig your music and we'll buy your albums and we'll go to your shows and we'll keep in touch and listen to you on your streaming platforms. Right. You know, so, I mean, a thousand is a lot of people, but I mean, in the grand scheme of things, you know, like yeah. it's not that much, you but, know, like I think that's an attainable number. And, yeah. you know, if I had a thousand Patreon patrons, even just doing a buck a month, that'd be a thousand bucks a month. And if they're doing five bucks, that'd be five K and that'd meet my <laughs> living and operational expenses. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, oh, shit, what the, what am I doing? Mark? Let's get to work, you know? So I'm excited for it, but I've been largely, you know, uh, I forget who I was talking with, but just talking about the stresses of having so much right. on the table, you know, um, but loving every element, but you know, like, yeah, you know, you, you're rocking the daddy duty and you, you know, making do the music and you're finding ways to pay the bills and you know, yeah. you're kind of on a sabbatical as well in terms of, you know, those elements that you really want to be doing, but you really can't yet, you know, right. Um, Cause you've got to do these things, but <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm excited, really excited, and cool. just itching at the bits to get it all set up. And you know, recording wise, I, I know enough about recording from home that yeah. I am recording myself my own stuff for uh, the collaborations I'm doing uh, for the overdub session work, and yeah. send it to another engineer. They put their you know masterful work on it, and you know sounds a lot better. But in terms of raw, you know files hey man um yeah it's it's not that tough and and i know how to do the basics now so it's just not too much learning uh too much of a learning curve on that front um from the engineer perspective yeah you know once you start doing more edits and once you start doing mastering it's, oh yeah once you start getting into that more layers yep. but you know i kind of like the uh the educational component of it as well and you know from the business perspective i'm trying to find a partner who will you know join forces and kind of be the engineer so you know right they can always be on even if it's just me you know so i can just be the artist and just be laying down tracks so while someone's back there you know yeah um that's like ideal world but you know we need to get some capital to really get that flowing yeah. um but yeah man cool yeah just a lot and you know just kind of like <laughs> i don't know a long-winded answer it's <laughs> uh, good a lot going on yeah uh but well that's good feel, uh, i'm glad you're staying busy man that's awesome that's all yeah so I want to uh, flip it over to the fans to see if uh, they want to ask a question. So uh, I don't know. Let's uh, Jacob, you got a question for Mark. Oh, what, what program are you using in the studio? In the studio right now, I'm using Logic yeah. on my iMac. Um, but I'm going to be investing soon into some Apollo gear, which is yeah, kind of like yeah. 
you know, state of the art. Yeah, Steve, you know what's up with that. Um, so at that point, I think it comes with some, um, like a DAW of its own. I forget what it's called, but I'm sure it'd be better than, you know, Logic. Uh, not that Logic isn't good, you know. Mm -hmm. I find it to be pretty user-friendly, but, um, you know, ultimately I want uh, what's most universal, you know. If there's ways to get around the universality of it, you know, in terms of just bouncing like audio files instead of projects, you know, and you can make a number of things work. Uh, but yeah, I guess I'm kind of yeah, getting my feet wet there too, learning more about that. But um, right now, yeah, I'm using Logit. Cool. Steve, how about you, man? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm curious. I know you're a, a brilliant multi-instrumentalist and you, your love, I guess, is the, the Dobro. What, what got you interested in that instrument? Into the Dobro? Yeah. Uh, you know, it just kind of came out of happenstance. Uh, I was uh, in the band from, in like the school band, the middle school and high school band from sixth to ninth grade. And then I didn't re-up after that because I was a scholar athlete and my priority was sports, you know, in, in school and grades and music was fun for me, but not, you know, I wasn't trying to be first chair, you know, I was just having fun and trying to serve, serve the best, you know, serve the team. And, yeah. um, but my band director didn't really like me because I wasn't, you know, uh, like all the other band members that were trying to be first chair and not athletes. And <laughs> so I didn't go back there, but at the end of my, uh, quiet, sit. At the end of my sophomore year, having been out of band for a year, my, one of my best friends from, wrestling actually as it happens to be uh asked me to be in his senior project and the band was called frisco de nero and i was playing drums and so i played drums with him for two years ben fiddler of winter sessions so then we, we eventually start winter sessions which was the first band i was a part of uh we were just you know really good friends who all started playing music together but three really good writers like they were they all went to college for writing and um just wrote really lovely songs and i was you know multi-instrumentalist but one one day ben was like hey you want to hold on to my resonator it's a fender resonator guitar and it's a round neck not a square neck like lap style you know um uh -huh. and and I just started playing. I loved the sound. And, and the band at the time was, we were all just playing acoustic guitar. And uh, and then I ended up just kind of like, well, I mean, we should probably have some diversity. So I started playing that. And then my buddy Russ started playing banjo. And then we got a mandolin in the mix. And all of a sudden, we're a folk band, you know. Uh, self-proclaimed rebels of michigan folk grass i believe was our headline for the booking that's what that's why i was did my first booking man i'll tell you what <laughs> i was like all right all i need is a band and i'll find the places that have live music <laughs> and that's what i did you know until it was like full time um but that's yeah. crazy 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so then eventually I, you know, stumbled on to Joe Wilson and Drew Howard and, yeah, um, yeah. you know, learned what a square neck resonator was and started playing that and, um, have since, you know, actually gone back and learned round neck on, you know, uh, like hollow body slide plane, um, or hollow slide, you know, bottleneck guitar playing on round neck guitars. And now I'm starting to get into cool. pedal steel, which those two elements of the slide family, you know, cause like Dobro is a slide thing and there's the lap yeah. steel and then there's straight steel, which is a console steel, non pedal. And then there's pedal steel with pedals and knee levers. And, and then there's, you know, bottleneck round neck, uh, acoustic guitar or electric guitar playing. And, but, uh, yeah, I just always stayed away from those other styles of playing cause I didn't know them. And, and then I just started tinkering. I was like, Oh, that's dope. Oh, that's how you do it. Oh, I just got practice more. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I do, uh, do you still have your mule? Uh, I do as of now. I mean, oh. I'm selling it, uh, but I don't want to sell it. It's one of those conundrums where I kind of need the money, but I know I'm going to get money soon, and I don't really need the money. Right. I kind of really want the guitar, <laughs> you know, because it's so unique. Right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Why? You know someone interested? No, oh, I, I, I guess I'm a brother in arms with Mule. I, I have a Mule. I have number one twenty-seven. Oh, nice man. Yeah, yeah it's 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 wow. it's not uh, it's just a uh, you know resonator style. It's not a because your is yours a square neck? Yeah, yeah, it's square That's neck really with a metal uh, like uh, metal or uh, metal body, but a wooden neck. Okay. Um, he made like a Weisenborn style yeah. wooden yeah. one or a metal one for Ben Harper that yeah, I played won't go out. What's that? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he doesn't, he, he won't make the uh, metal like the one he did for Ben Harper. He won't make those anymore for whatever reason, but they're really? killing up there. man. Oh, I Dang. Yeah, no, they're doing so, so good. I'm so happy for them. And yeah, uh, good I mean, Great an guy. exemplary model, you know, from yeah. a, you know, uh, artisan uh, business standpoint, for sure. Yep. Very cool. So, Rick, did you have a question? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm interested. Uh, I like that full the full grass phrase. I've not heard that before. That that's kind of a, a cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I'm interested. I, I enjoy artists that have a a wide range of, of the kinds of they just love music. You know, it, it seems like that's the kind of person that you are. And I, you know, people like Lyle Lovett, one of my favorites, who is who goes into everything from folk to country to to uh, a gospel even just just great stuff yeah. but i'm curious how you arrived at that where if, if that's if i'm indeed correct is it just exposure as a kid to all different kinds of stuff or is it just one artist leads to another artist that you're interested in and and leads to different kinds of music or people you're playing with or all of the above or whatever? yeah no thanks rick that's a good question bud um Every, every artist, again, has a different, like, path toward, you know, 
realizing, oh, I guess I do want to play music. And, oh, I guess I do want to try and make money from playing music. Um, but I just have always been, before I played any music, I was just a, a fan. You know, there was always a soundtrack in, in my life at any given point in time, you know, and had a very diverse, um, uh, you know, uh, collection of music playing throughout my youth um, from Black Sabbath to Led Zeppelin and, you know, Bruce Springsteen. And, and then my first CD ever was a single that has <laughs> Snoop Doggy Dog, Doggy Dog World. It's a doggy world <laughs> or doggy dog world from the, uh, you know, that one iconic album. Uh, <laughs> and then you know bone thugs and just like the west coast rap scene and just you know always listening to the radio and just digging into music and it's just always kind of on the periphery but in playing it was fun my brother you know was the drummer which is why i wanted to play and got into band uh, and you know was also an athlete which is why i did that too <clears throat> but then uh my dad was playing man sheds the guitar is just a, a classic rock connoisseur and has riffs for days and there was always really nice guitars around me but you know i just never they're too challenging to play you know like what you know it's hard to push down i don't know where to put my fingers there's six strings no i'm good you know um and then my senior year i started picking on the acoustic guitar um and i was like oh you know it's kind of stumbled on a riff um and you know at that time i was playing you know with, with my buddy ben fiddler who was part of winter sessions they wrote uh the song on Lindsay lou and the flat bellies ionia album sometimes woman needs a man sometimes sometimes cool. I sing it, I sing yeah. it, on, yeah, I sing it with them and I sing it with my band too now. Um, but I mean, I sing a number of Winter Sessions songs. That's actually one of the things I'll be doing this year is putting out a Winter Sessions Greatest Hits played and produced by me. Uh, and then, you know, just releasing a bunch of the back end material that we have that is only on Bandcamp right now. Um, <clears throat> But, but yeah, like with winter sessions, they, they were definitely, um, all my buddies there introduced me to all different sorts of music from, you know, the folk and bluegrass, uh, music, uh, to singer songwriter music to Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, you know, um, oh, wow. classic rock, you know, the dead, um, you know, and I never really had a taste for these bands before and it hadn't largely been exposed to them. But yeah, you know, like through them, uh, I just started playing the music and after the band dissipated, I um, did a few tours with Michael Beauchamp before he was playing with uh, Red Tail Rain and, um, you know, eventually started playing with Lindsay Lynn Flatbellies and we started just touring everywhere. Um, started my own band uh, a few years into touring with the Flat Bellies, and um, 
yeah, just have made a life for music and, and still have so many different influences. I, I mean, the music I'm listening to now, or not now, but I mean, that I find myself listening to every day is mostly in Spanish. <laughs> um, yeah, really? like Andres Calamaro is one of my all-time favorite artists. Um, so what, st- what style of music? I mean, he does, I, again, talk about diversities, you know, most known for being, you know, a rock and roll star, you know, Latin rock and roll star. Um, but his songwriting mm-hmm. is just impeccable. Great songwriter. He's an incredible performer. He plays piano. Great producer. He's produced so many great bands and, um, and has put out albums, yeah, from like Latin, Latin jazz and folk and to traditional and rock and roll um, to like tangos, you know, he's from Buenos Aires. Oh, wow, cool. so, uh, oh all yeah. right, cool. Can you repeat the name of the guy? I, did, I, I couldn't. Uh, Andres Calamaro, A-N-D-R-E-S Calamaro, like Calamari, but oh. <laughs> it's like, Easy to yeah, remember. it's like how I uh, described my last name, Laving Good, like Lavender, but so you i i mean i i love your story mark because it's like you just started playing music and then all of a sudden like well you know we're gonna start playing bluegrass folk so okay yeah that's what i'm gonna do and then you just delved into it but you've got this melting pot of all this stuff that's inside of you but it's still getting directed out through kind of a folk bluegrass front although i know that on your albums you get some some crazy stuff in there that kind of mixes those elements around but yeah that's that's super yeah cool. man the the i mean one thing about bluegrass in particular is is that it, it just trains you to drill melody harmony breakback tempos you know really intricate picking you know on the, on the mm-hmm. vocal front too um, which like crosses over into you know country and western and in rock and roll and you know swing music yeah. and um, you know so there's a lot of like alternative um, uh, like corresponding wavelengths that not alternative per se but um, you know it just like they can cross over from one genre to the next and. Um, I think of it as the the heavy metal of country music because it's like got that energy yeah. of metal, but it's country, you know. It's and it's got a little bit of an attitude to it sometimes, you know. So I think yeah, it's cool. totally, absolutely, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Jacob, do you have any other questions? Oh, you're muted. There it goes. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Let's talk about uh, tunings. What are your favorite tunings? And does it vary like when you're on a dobro versus like a lap steel or anything like that? I don't know if that's too nerdy of a topic. but Yeah, that's <laughs> no, a great good. topic, man. Uh, definitely nerdy, but a great topic. <laughs> good um, question. I'm interested. Yeah, totally. Um, well, I mean, you know, dobros uh almost always tuned to open g uh gbd gbd there's a few different open tunings of g i think uh the electric guitar tuning is like 
D G D G B D. Is that what it is? D G D G B D. Yeah. Um, which is pretty cool too. Um, just totally different. Um, and you could throw that on a dobro as well, but I mean, uh, dobro is definitely generally tuned GBD, GBD. And then you can also, uh, tune it to like an open D. I really like that. Um, or capo it to an open D, but the interval there is, um, you know, if GBD, GBD is one, three, five, one, three, five, open D would be, uh, D, A, D, F sharp, A, D. So well, that's my favorite. One, five, one, three, five, one, which is really cool. That's a great lap steel setting. I usually keep that solid for my lap steel. A lot of lap, like Dobro players will use GBD, GBD for their lap steel too. But I mean, you just want to play like the Dobro likes, you know, but, um, I, yeah, I, I, I definitely, uh, uh, tend to be in the open D element there. Um, on my eight string next, that I I usually do like a C six, which is similar to the Dobro, but has a six in it. So it's like six one three five six one three five. So I have my one three five on top, but it has a six in it right before it too. So it gives it like you know. That slide shit, man. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Steve, how about you? Any questions? Me? Yeah, actually. So, uh, is there an artist out there that you would drop everything to go play with, to go jam with? An artist or a group? Who would that be? Uh, an artist or what was that? Or a group? I mean. Oh yeah, artist. Yeah, man. Dude, fuck so many. Um, you know. I only got one. An asteroid <laughs> coming to Earth, and you only got time for one. It was a good oh, beat. shit. <laughs> oh. Well, I, you know, I always love picking with my brother Billy Strings, man. You know, that's oh, yeah. about one of the most ultimate oh, yeah. sort of highs you can uh, get He's with, you know, the, the scene nowadays, you know, in terms of bluegrass and, and just improvisation and, you know, the jam element, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that being said, one thing that I am trying to also, uh, promote myself as eventually once live shows start to be a thing, but even still in the meanwhile, you know, in terms of remote collaboration, you know, everybody's still recording and releasing music. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, if I have this professional quality studio at home, I can do all my stuff from home and send it, you know? So like, how do you bridge the gap between saying, Hey band or artist, I like your stuff. You know, would you want me to collaborate on any tracks? You know, here's kind of examples of the music I've played. Uh, and this is actually an approach I've taken before. I started to implement last year, right before, you know, um, everything, you know, went to shit, you know, come March 10th, I think. Um, right. But, but yeah, I was, I was seeing pretty good success rate in terms of people saying, like, hey, cool stuff. Yeah, let's do something. But, you know, it's like turning that, yeah, let's do something into, okay, here's a paid opportunity, you know. And it doesn't always have yeah. to be paid, you know. Starting off, you, you tend to make less and, and do more pro bono stuff. And, 
you know, if you see a, a value in that, then that's great, you know, and if not, then you got to pass, which is fine too. Um, Cause there's a lot of other people who might do it for free, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. So dude, what does a band sound like that I really like, but also like, how could I contribute to that? You know, that's the ultimate thing. So one strategy that I'm trying to implement uh, to, to bridge that gap is just record me playing these instruments on top of previously recorded stuff, but it doesn't have a dobro or it doesn't have an upright bass or it doesn't have the drums or the, you know, the mando, you know, or all these things that I can play, you know, efficiently. And, and then I record that and, you know, release it and tag the band and say, yo band, what's up? Knock, knock. <laughs> I'm listening to you. You seeing this? I'm playing shit. Let's do something. So that, yeah. that's one thing, you know. And then, you know, like I said, man, I was like, and it's funny because I, I speak Spanish and I study business. Um, sorry, uh, and and I do have an affinity for like uh, Argentine rock and folk, you know culture and music in general um and so i've kind of been like pitching myself to a lot of you know these artists who i'm like huge fans of have been for my life i mean they're huge you know yeah. like commercially successful latin artists they have no reason to respond to a direct message from me on instagram but you know they do <laughs> and and it's not just their team you know or maybe it is in cases, but, um, you know, and others not, but in most of the cases, regardless who it is, you know, I'll be like, Hey, love you guys a shit. You know, we'd love to collab, you know, here's a bunch of videos of me playing different instruments, you know, cinema, Dobra video, yeah. Mando video, bass video. And usually they're like, Hey man, this is great. Let's do something. And it's Manuel, claro, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's it's really sweet, man. I was gonna go down to Uruguay last uh, last year, but or I guess earlier this year, but then everything, you know. Yeah. Well, as soon as the pandemic's over, you can exactly, head down, man. man. I mean, the potential and the opportunity is still there. It's not going to. Um, yeah. So yeah. that's a positive thing, you know. Really, it's you know, like ever since that conversation, you know like literally we were like video facetiming on instagram me and this dude you know who's got this ranch and studio down in uruguay and, um and whatnot and wanted to bring me down for these sessions um but but yeah you know so like we're, we're talking and, and i'm like oh shit this is real you know i gotta get my shit together you know i start i gotta start actually practicing. i gotta do these things i've been you know saying i i can right. do and um so <laughs> since then you know for about a year i've been kind of just like keeping my chops up um not doing yeah. the amount of practicing that i would like to be doing but um you know, still playing every day and, and getting some sessions in and lessons in here and there. And, and now, you know, now I'm, you know, just every day, just active and trying to hold myself to that standard. And, you know, if I can hit 50 songs released next year, that'd be huge. You know, that'd be big. Yeah, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. big, you know. Yeah. 
whatever it would amount to, it would be a lot more than releasing zero songs this year, you know? That's but, right. Well, you know, and you can, uh, now that you've got the studio happening, you can have him come up, dude, you know, know. Uh, whoever the artist is down there. Like, like, yeah, come visit me here in Coral, <laughs> Michigan, bro. We'll have a good time. He will eventually awesome. be. That's the thing. It's crazy. Crazy <laughs> to think about. Maybe I know. Uh, Rick, Rick, do you have a, another question? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Chuck. Um, it, it's it's interesting to me. Um, you know, growing up, growing up in the seventies, it was you know a rock star, a, a musician making a living was all about getting radio play and selling albums and and now it seems like you know you mentioned your business you're studying business it's like you're required to be a businessman an entrepreneur a social media person um and it, it, i'm wondering how much it takes away from i mean is that fun for you or are you like you know i just want to play music i don't want to deal with this stuff you know no man dude that's a good point rick um, honestly, I am working to the point where I don't have to do any of that stuff, you know, where, um, and it's, you know, it's kind of, you, you kind of have to like earn that position where you have the team who's doing all the work for you, you know, cause I mean that, you know, Billy Strings doesn't become Billy Strings without, you know, his manager and the team that he's got with him but you know he's an artist and is so captivating and he's got an incredible story and um you know he's got drive like any other and he's working so hard you know so it's like a perfect combination um but but yeah you know like at the same time he's paying um, probably 50 upwards of 50 percent of his like total gross you know for that work and and it's a lot of money but i mean when you don't have to do that work and you can just have your peace of mind that's this great but until you bring in the sort of money that you know someone like billy is you know it's it's hard to yeah. warrant that expense um and so yeah man like definitely would would want to be doing less of the business and, and more of the artistry. And that's actually kind of what I've been flipping uh, my schedule toward is, is doing more just creativity, you know, and, and you do like, at this point I've gleaned all the information and, and I went to business school, you know, so I kind of had it. And, um, you know, I do have the entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, it's, you know, in, in my blood, all my family members have owned restaurants and, um, just you know done good and done bad you know <laughs> but you know yeah. kind of like made a, made a living on their own terms not not all of them but you know a lot of them and um and like nobody has done it with music you know and i didn't really find too much overt support you know uh, through the family structure until i started you know actually you know making a living and people were like well, what are you doing marty He's like, well, I'm making music and touring the world, you know, I'm paying bills, and that's what I do. But, um, yeah, when I was with Lindsay Lou and the Flatbellies, that was largely, you know, I was able to live just the artist life. I 
you know, didn't have to hustle anything other than what we were doing together. And, and there were four of us working together, yeah. you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, like there's a lot of money that goes into the operation of it all. And, you know, for me, I've been, because I know how to do it all, I'm able to do it well. Uh, and I get, or I was getting pretty decent pay, you know, and I was putting my band pretty decent, <laughs> you know, um, and it was right. working out. Um, and I was kind of getting to the threshold of like, you know, bringing on a team or, or building a team um, or pitching myself to other agencies, you know, but um, then I started Bear Mark Productions. And so I was trying to like build the company, you know, um, but it, it was just like, yeah, just, too much on my plate very stereotypical me you know um, so like now i'm at the point where i'm like okay here's where i'm at you know you can pivot at any point in time you don't have to be proud or ashamed of anything you know and if you know you mute the, the the business company falls and you know goes to shambles but your artistry can grow because you're just recording yourself and putting it out i mean at the very at the end of the day i can do that i can put out a song every single day if i wanted to you know <laughs> and it would be of various quality but like at the same time honestly like i could whip out a really good sounding two minute song a day you know like whether improv or uh, cover or you know no lyrics just instrumental you know and like well, I definitely like the idea of doing a song a week because yeah. that sounds like a great totally. project. That yeah. sounds like really that's cool something project. that you know I can like really refine and add the layers, you know. Um, yeah, but but yeah, you know, and, yeah, bring somebody in the studio with you and you know do a do a mix up with somebody, do some crazy improv, you know, improvisation with some folks. Every week could be an experiment. It sounds yeah, awesome man, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I've even got like a list of, you know, goals of, you know, where, where do you, cause where do you start? Like literally I've got like a backlist yeah. of like 30 songs that are, that need to be fleshed out, you know, and, and of them, I've got the songs that I really, really like, you know, so I'm thinking I should probably start there, you know, and, but I mean, just organizing it all is, is, is part of the equation, you know, it's, um, even just on the music front, there's there's a lot to manage, and so I, I have been trying to cut it back, even though it may seem like I'm, you know, still kind of operating on a lot of cylinders. <laughs> but um, but yeah, in terms of holding myself accountable to playing music and and putting music out, um, I'm pretty much like started turning the key. Uh, yeah, cool. I'm super pumped. Super pumped. It feels good too. It feels really good. Like just, I mean, having this yeah. conversation with you guys, you know, it's we're live, you know, and, and um, we all have our connections and we have the shows that we've shared together, and, and it's it's reinvigorating. Yeah. And thank you, Chuck, for putting this together and yeah. um, you know, assembling the space. Uh, no problem, yeah. man. Glad you were glad you could make it. So um, that kind of segues in because I, I, I need to wrap up, unfortunately, you know, and I'm so happy you guys are uh, part of the show. Um, I just got one last question for everybody. Um, and that's if you could go to a show right now, where would that be? 
So anywhere in the world, you can just pop off like, you know, shows are up. We can, so for Mark, you want to play somewhere, where would you go? Oh, damn. If I was playing or if I was going to a show? If you, uh, either way. I mean, so you could do oh, playing. If I were going to a show, it would be uh, going to see, oh, damn. I want to say, I want to say Tedeschi Trucks Band at Red Rocks. Um, awesome. Yeah, and if I were opening for a band, it'd be probably Tedeschi Trucks Band at Red Rocks. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I love it. That right? sounds great. All right. Uh, Jacob, how about you, man? Where, where would you go uh, either see a show or you play guitar too, so where would you go play? Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would... Uh... I don't know. Does it have to be like I don't it could be know, anywhere in the world? Music festivals. It's a, it's all hypothetical. Yeah. Like I wish it, it was uh, uh, September and I was at Wheatland. All right, but uh, playing or just listening—that'd <laughs> be cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, Steve, how about you, man? Where would you go see a show, and who, and who would you go see? Oh wow! So, so initially, I was thinking Red Rocks, but you know, Mark took that. <laughs> but listen, look at where's that cave that's down in uh, was it Kentucky or the something? Bluegrass like that, what is? Yeah, the Bluegrass Underground spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. I forget where exactly cool. that is, but that would be really sweet. Um, that would be pretty wild. That cavern yeah and right now it's kind of funny my, my musical tastes are all over right now and i at very fortunate to have worked for him at the uh arc but ariel posen oh cool nice man oh gosh he's something totally. he's a mule brother <laughs> yeah right for sure he's got his mule caster yeah yeah she's beautiful what is it seafoam green colored yeah well he's got a couple he's got one it's pink but it almost faded to white and then a, a blue one awesome. but, but him and uh joey landreth are just amazing to watch awesome just amazing. cool and uh so rick how about you man oh my gosh um i don't know i it seems like maybe i'm just getting old i i, I don't dig the big i don't dig the big uh venues anymore <laughs> i I'd, I'd, I'd rather go to the Ark or somewhere like that. I'm, um, I've always wanted to go see somebody at the Ryman. I've, I've seen yeah. uh, videos of, of shows of, you know, of people at oh, the Ryman, yeah. maybe, you know, Jason Isbell at the Ryman or, or something like yeah. that. Uh, I, I would love to see that. Um, just, just the historical and, and all the great people that have gone yeah. through that place. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. So uh, I'll tell you guys who I, where, what I would like. I'd like, Mark and Sturgill Simpson to come over to my house. Oh and, and, damn! And then, just, and then just jam and hang out. That's that's my dream right there. Wow! <laughs> if you need somebody to carry your guitar case, I'll, I'll be the guy. Yes, <laughs> carry the call in, man. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, you need some Dobra on that fucking cutting grass album, man. I didn't hear too yeah. much of it, right? I know exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what Sturgill. I'm saying. We're calling you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome well thanks again guys for joining me so happy to see your faces you know virtually can't wait to see you guys live in person so i can hug and squeeze on you so yeah,
Totally. Right. Thank you, Chuck, for everything that you do for uh, ah, the music around here. It's, it's <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Mark, yeah, for uh, cool. taking the time. Really cool. Yes. Yeah, thanks, you guys. thanks, man. Jacob, Rick, appreciate you guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Be guys. well. Yes. All right. Chuck, cheers, brother. Yeah, cheers, man. Guys. Take care. Love you, boys. Thanks again to the mega talented and super cool Mark Lavingood, along with fans Steve, Jacob, and Rick for joining me on this episode of Fans of Bands. Be sure to check out one of Mark's upcoming live stream shows or go spin some of his music on the Fans with Bands Spotify playlist. Mark is hard at work putting together his new studio and I can't wait to hear the magic that's going to come from the Bear Den. See the show notes for all the details and links. These are tough times for everyone in the creative industry such as music. Your support of live streaming, purchasing music, and merchandise is critical. If you can help out your local artists, please do. If you are in the Michigan area, consider following the Playing in the Detroit Area Tonight Facebook page. It is a place for fans and bands to support each other and share our combined love of music. Thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast service to get each and every episode of Fans with Bands. Spread the word by rating the show and leaving a comment. We want to hear what you think. You can keep in touch by following us on social media. This is a Life in Michigan production. Until next time, be well and kick out the jams. <laughs>